a.m. East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the Air. Joining you now, your Editor-in-Chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello, this is Arts Editor Skylar Ashley filling in for Burl Schwartz. We've got a new format for the show, City Pulse on the Air, that we're going to be improving upon on a weekly basis as we settle the uh, screws and nuts and bolts on this new program. Each week, you can expect a brand new field report on local cultural happenings in Greater Lansing, as well as an in-depth interview with a local creative mind. We're also going to feature music from new and exciting bands from Michigan, as presented by music writer Rich Topeka. On today's show, we're going to pick the brain of Nevin Spearbrecker, who you might recognize as a frequent City Pulse collaborator. He's illustrated some of our best and most memorable covers these past few years. But first, we're going to hear from reporter Cole Tunningley, who talked to Hillary Coleman, the founder of 19 1991 Greenery. 1991 Greenery is a local organization that offers cheap hand-potted houseplants and consultations for beginning gardeners. This weekend, 1991 celebrated its one-year anniversary. Let's check out Cole's report. Some people used all the time we had to spend in lockdown last year as an opportunity to get more invested in their hobbies. Baking, exercising, or simply leveling up in a video game. Hillary Coleman used her time in lockdown to start up a successful business venture. This weekend, she's celebrating the one-year anniversary of 1991 Greenery, LLC. Um, 1991 Greenery is um, an online plant shop, uh, plus I do consults and um, workshops and everything. I started this up last year, July 10th, so I'm coming up on my one year. Um, I offer a wide variety of house plants um, as well. I mix my own soils. I do uh, occasionally I'll make pots and put them on my website as well. So everything's pretty much handmade. 1991 wasn't Coleman's first foray into entrepreneurship. She started out in cosmetics, but the pandemic left her with lots of extra time on her hands. She was laid off from her job and looking for something else to do to fill up her days. So she decided to try something new. No, um, I already had a business. And um, so I had a little bit of, you know, business background already. Um, it was 1991 Cosmetics, so it was easy to kind of transition into it. And I've always had this idea. I just actually had the time to execute it. 1991 took off. It became so successful that Coleman decided to do away with her cosmetics business so she could focus on greenery full-time. One year after opening up shop, she is excited to celebrate the anniversary of her flourishing business venture. In honor of the occasion, she's holding an event called Chatting and Potting Plants. Regular customers and fresh faces are welcome. She's holding the event to promote the business, let people know what she has to offer, and hopefully to invite some new customers into the world of 1991 Greenery. Um, so this Sunday, I'm, I'll be celebrating my um, one-year anniversary. So with this, um, with this chatting and potting plants, so we'll just be potting plants and um, chatting about just having light conversation about how the pandemic affected um, everybody and um, how plants have helped them cope with the pandemic. So we'll just be having conversation as we're just potting the plants. Many people last year got into gardening because it's both relaxing and rewarding. 
Think of it as one step below getting a pet. Taking care of a houseplant is an easy way to take your mind off the world and its many, many problems. Coleman threw herself into gardening last year to help soothe her anxiety, and it worked. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for How sure. So? It, had, it, had me, it, it gave me something to do. Um, I'm a very creative person, so just to have my mind going and um, having something to take care of and um, watch thrive through the pandemic, so it's definitely helped. Um, it cut back my anxiety because I really, I have really high anxiety, so that's that was super helpful um, during my stressors and everything. So, Coleman acknowledges that she's not alone in turning to gardening for solace during the pandemic. She noticed that more and more people started buying houseplants last year, probably for the same reason she did: taking care of a plant. Watching it slowly grow and react to sunlight and the love you give it is an oasis of certainty for people living through very, very uncertain times. Oh yeah, you could you could definitely tell, especially with all these um, these plant um, profiles coming up and all these um, these Facebook groups. You can definitely tell it helped everybody in the same way for sure. Um, I know, you know, with the uncertainty of everything especially in the beginning just to go out and buy a house plant was really you could tell it really helped people and um, put them in a better spirit. Holman is no stranger to gardening. She started years ago after a personal tragedy. It was only last year that she decided to take this knowledge and use it to start a business venture. Before starting up 1991 Greenery, gardening was just a hobby that helped her cope through difficult times. About Eight years ago, when I first moved back to Lansing, um, my mom got sick, and um, I just needed something to kind of put my mind into. So I started um, a small garden, and it really, really helped with my um, my anxiety. It it just gave me something to focus on, and um, yeah, it was very helpful. And I've been doing it ever since. Um, I bought a few house plants in the midst of that, also. And um, I killed them for sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was just all through trial and error. And now here I am now. Getting into gardening as a beginner can seem like a daunting task. It's pretty easy to kill a plant. And if you do, you might think that you'll never be a successful gardener. Speaking from personal experience, I bought a little cactus from Meyer last year on a whim, and I killed it within a few months. I was left thinking, how on earth did I kill something that typically thrives in a desert? Coleman has soothing advice for beginners. Don't worry if you don't succeed at first. There's no secret to gardening. You just have to keep trying. Don't be stressed out by the green thumb. Oh, you have to have a green thumb. The green thumb myth is fake. I still kill plants to this day, so don't stress yourself out. And um, the best beginner plant will always be a possum. What's that? So apothos is just a um, just a vining plant. It's very easy to um, take care of, um, and it tells you when it needs to be watered because it's a little droopy and um, it survives in low to high light, so all types of lighting conditions. So um, I I really deem this the perfect first house plant. Okay, good to know. What would you say is your favorite plant? Do you have a favorite one that you're growing right now? Mm, 
honestly, any of the easy trailing plants um, I love because you can make a thousand plants out of just that one plant. So, uh, uh, pothos, the philodendron heartleaf, uh, philodendron Brazil, um, those are definitely my favorites. 1991 started small. It was initially just a way for Coleman to sell houseplants to others on an Etsy shop. Since that humble beginning, though, she's expanded the services she offers. She decided that, rather than just sell plants, she wanted to use 1991 to spread her knowledge to others. She now offers consultations. Yeah, um, for 30 minutes, I do charge $10. So um, you'll email me and kind of give me a background on um, on what you need, and um, I'll create I'll create a slideshow or create content for you and um, kind of um, through Google Meet, we'll uh, talk about, or Google Duo, we'll talk about um, what what you asked for or the problems you're having about your plant and um, we'll go from there. And then uh, for an hour, it's $25. So that's more for if you're like a beginner and you need you need to kind of give me a run through of, hey, these are my lighting conditions in my home or like, hey, you know, what's the perfect plant for me or for this section? So we'll just go up more in depth because it's just a longer time. So I'll offer that. And um, I'm pretty open with scheduling right now with that. So, yeah. Besides her one-year anniversary chatting potting plants event, Coleman has more planned for the rest of the summer. She's going to continue growing 1991 and planting seeds in the community, hoping to find more customers and help more happy plant lovers expand their gardens. Here's some of what she has planned for the rest of the summer season. I have a plant swap coming up on the 25th um, that will be in Hazlitt. I just updated the um, the location today. And then um, after that, I believe I have another um, houseplant garage sale. I turned my garage into a uh, shop this summer, so I'll occasionally have um, plant sales throughout the summer. I started the plant sale thing last year and it took off better than I expected. So I um, I converted the shop or my garage into a shop and um, just to give everybody a better shopping experience. Chatting and potting plants is happening today, July 11th from noon until 6.30. You can find more details on her Facebook page, 1991 Greenery LLC. To purchase plants from Coleman, visit 1991 Greenery on Etsy. For City Pulse, this has been Cole Tunningley. Thank you, Cole. You're listening to City Pulse on the air on Impact 88.9 FM. I'm arts editor Skylar Ashley. For today's show, I sat down, well, via Zoom that is, with local illustrator and designer Nevin Spearbrecker. Nevin has done some incredible artwork for City Pulse and has done several graphic design gigs across town for many different companies, restaurants, and galleries. Let's check out my interview with Nevin and learn all about his path as an artist. So I'm here with Nevin Spearbrecker. Um, perhaps best known to the majority of our listeners here as a frequent contributor to City Pulse. He's done a number of cover designs for us. So let's get right into this, Nevin. You are quite the talented illustrator. As I just mentioned, you've done a huge variety of cover designs for the City Pulse. Um, So let me ask you kind of a, a basic question here. How did you very first get into art and design? 
Is this something you've been fascinated since uh, childhood? Did you start young or later in life? Just how did you very first get into um, your talent here? Well, I've pretty much been drawing since I was a kid. Um, very young, actually. Um, loved uh, comic books when I was, you know, younger than a teenager, you know, at the beginning. And uh, kind of just followed through and see if I can draw those type of things and cartoon characters, you know, like Woody the Woodpecker. I'm an older guy. <laughs> So, um, you know, you draw on the, those type of characters and then gotten into the superheroes in the 70s and 80s and and just kind of followed through with that and went to school for illustration work. Mm -hmm. so, did a lot of that type of stuff. That was actually um, my very next question. I wanted to talk about if you had any formal training or education in arts and uh Tell me a little bit about what your art school experience was like. It's probably a highly subjective. What was it like attending college for art for you? Um, it was actually a really good time. Uh, I intended to go to Kendall School of Design in Grand Rapids, um, but unfortunately, some circumstances didn't help. And uh, I ended up going to Lansing Community College. Uh, and at the time, I was going to uh, Lansing Community College, the instructors were all working uh, teachers. They all worked in the field. They all had jobs in the local community in ad agencies or doing like uh, Dennis Preston doing illustration work and cartoons and stuff like that. So I was doing a lot of uh, trained by a lot of people that were actually hands on, which made it really informative and really uh, interesting for me. And uh, Obviously, illustration was one of my favorite classes, and the instructor's name was John Hutton out of Detroit. And he worked for uh, did a number of illustration work for Ford and, and Chrysler and GM in the 60s and 70s. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, it was a great time. I mean, lots of kids that were there were doing artwork, loved doing artwork like me, and it was a very creative environment. So it was fun. Mm -hmm. So you went to college in Michigan. Are you a total Michigan native? Did you uh, grow up in the state? Have you spent time living uh, anywhere else in the country? Or are you uh, strictly a Michigan person? Uh, I pretty much have uh, stayed right in Lansing for the most part. I did a small jaunt uh, down in Indiana, just in Indianapolis area for a couple of years. Um, working as a marketing director, art director for a plastics company down there. But other than that, uh, pretty much born, bred, raised, and stayed right here in local Lansing. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's the case for myself as well. I grew up in uh, Charlotte, since lived in Lansing, past seven or eight years. I myself uh, only left the state briefly to live in Boise, Idaho for about a year and a half, and then California for a few months before coming back. I, I just love the Lansing area, as I, I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, it's especially lately, um, you know, in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, the art, art culture in Lansing wasn't as strong as it is now. Uh, the art culture right now in Lansing, the city has really promoted a lot of arts. Um, the City Post came on. Uh, what's really kind of cool that you guys support the local arts on the covers and do a summer art cover series for artists that makes it open for a lot of people. Um, so, I mean, it, 
the art culture in Lansing area has really exploded in the last five to 10 years. So it's been a really exciting time for Lansing with art. I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite cover you have drawn for City Pulse? My, my personal favorite is the one you did um, a little while back, the uh, Pigman rendition of Joseph Engler back when he was the uh, temporary president of MSU and he was causing all sorts of controversy on seemingly a weekly basis. Just the, the way you did him, I think, was a perfect visual summation of his personality, so to speak. Well, what's your favorite? You know, um, I've got a couple. Um, that would have to be probably right up in the top three. I, that one was so much fun to do. And it was just, it, like you said, it just fit his personality and his, his opinion and attitude perfect. Um, my second uh, probably would be um, the one I did just recently, and it came out right after the debate uh, of um, the ex-president and the new President Biden, where, uh, where uh, ex-president is King Kong on top of the White House. That, that one was really fun to do, um, real creative. Um, Burrell and you guys gave me a kind of just an open door, um, just a little bit of a hint to what to do, and I just ran with it. That one was really fun to do. But I think my favorite um, was actually the winner's cover for um, the um, Top of the Town where I mimicked um, uh, Rivera Diego uh, mural from the DIA of the factory. And I kind of mimicked his factory mural for that cover. And that one to me, I just, I've, I've always been a big fan of Diego um, Rivera, but um, I think that one was probably, of all the ones that I've done, it's probably for me was, kind of fun to do because I wanted to see if I could make his art into something that represented Lansing. And that was kind of fun to do. Um, but definitely the Angler one is right up, right up in the top three. Um, but I would say those three were my favorite. Um, I'm a big fan of Alphonse Mucha. So um, that Angler one kind of fell right in that genre of how Muka does his artwork. So that was fun. Uh, I loved the uh, Diego Rivera inspired one as well. And if anybody uh, isn't familiar with the artwork that we're referring to, you can go to lansingcitypulse.com and right at the top bar, there's an option that says archive. If you click that, you can go back and uh, see all of our e-editions, including the uh, Obviously, the cover art uh, drawn by Nevin here, the Engler one I'm referring to is uh, January 23rd, 2019. So it's a few pages back. But um, if you just scroll through that, you can uh, check out all the covers we've done. And you just mentioned a name. And that actually is a perfect segue into my next question I have for you. And that's um, what inspires you? Do you have a stable of favorite artists you turn to for some ideas or inspiration? Um, who really gets you uh, going in terms of art and design? Um, I would have to say uh, Alphonse Mucha. 
Um, I have loved his artwork um, from the first time I saw it uh, when I was in high school. Uh, I had an arts uh, teacher in high school. His name was Lance Shade. I was at the creative, uh, uh, was in the commercial arts class, which when we had vocational school in Lansing, uh, he was the instructor there. And he introduced me to Alphonse Mucha because he thought my style kind of mimicked his a little bit. And uh, that just threw me over the top with his art. Um, obviously, the old masters are cool. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Van Gogh. Uh, there's, you know, uh, just something about his work. Um, I haven't been down to Detroit to see his uh, immersion thing that's going on down there. Um, but his work is kind of just crazy unique. But Alphonse Mucha kind of, to me, crossed the border of Art Deco. And it just blew the Art Deco uh, world on end. And then, you know, I can rattle off hundreds of comic book artists that have just inspired me. Uh, McFarlane, obviously, is a big one. Um, so I, there's just, I, you know, probably that's my biggest inspiration is Alphonse Mucha. Awesome. And how would you describe your style? You know, you do a lot of uh, change-ups. Uh, you do a lot of switching around. You're very flexible. But are there any movements, so to speak, that you believe you fit into um, any sort of genre or larger art style that you might place yourself in or are you just kind of a free agent um i kind of like that term free agent um most of my stuff i do based on the client's request um you know obviously you guys when i do covers for the city post um you give me a little bit of a hint of what you're thinking for a theme or you tell me the headline story and what an idea you might have but um that's kind of where I fall in is I, um, I'm not really sure if I have a style that kind of falls into a genre of uh, different artists and, you know, eras. Outside of contributing to newspapers like City Pulse, um, where else is your work found? Do you ever do gallery exhibits, uh, any sort of exhibitions, or are you strictly a freelance graphic designer? Um, do you have a full-time design or art gig and where else is your work found and what other kind of gigs do you like to take? Um, currently, um, one of my pieces is being ran through uh, LAFQ's Art and Equality and Diversity uh, uh, event that they had. Uh, it's being shown on the billboards, electronic billboards all over Lansing. Um, mine was the word change, um, which was kind of fun to do. Um, and that's right now the one that's out there. Also, if LAFQ has their corporate logo letters out there, um, I also painted their uh, letter L. Uh, that's kind of a landscape uh, design of that one. I do have a full-time gig. I work at a print shop here in town as a graphic designer, and, um, but I have had uh, several openings at some of the microbreweries in town uh, over the last couple of years. Obviously, with COVID and all that, um, exhibits kind of closed off and shut down. Uh, but I'm looking forward to get back into it and do that. Uh, I actually had my first exhibit um, in 2017. 
um, at Art Council uh, in January of all times. Uh, it was the coldest day of the year, actually, and it had the largest non-arts night out uh, crowd that they've ever had at an opening. And I sold the most pieces of any artist they had at that time uh, at that opening. It was crazy exciting, crazy fun. And most of my art um, kind of depicts more of a, a Native American theme type of stuff. Um, especially that exhibit was primarily mostly Native American, Native wildlife uh, artwork. And that mm -hmm. was kind of an exciting time. But yeah, I've done a few exhibits. I've done Eagle Monk uh, Brewery a couple times. I've done Dimes Brewery. Uh, brewery in Portland I did a couple times um, or one time out in Portland um, so yeah I've done some uh, but obviously with COVID happening it's not really I don't have anything out there right now. So what is the future for Nevin Spearbrecker? Do you have any larger projects or ambitions you are working toward? Um, what do you hope to accomplish or where do you hope to be in the coming years? What's on your radar? Right now I'm, I'm wanting to I'd like to get more time in front of the easel, um, but um, with coming out of COVID, the day job is taking a little bit more time. But uh, what I'm looking for forward to in the next few years is actually getting out there, um, doing a lot more murals. I've done a couple of corporate murals lately that are in corporate offices. They're kind of privately held, um, but uh, to do some more of that type of stuff and to uh, just uh, get out there and and uh, have my art seen by a lot more people. So I'm kind of looking to, forward to doing that. Um, you know, my pieces have been in different areas. Um, I really support the Buffalo Field Campaign out in Wyoming that uh, I support them a lot. Uh, I've done a couple illustrations and I had a couple in their uh, calendar, their fundraising calendar. So that's the type of stuff I'm looking to kind of help with and to promote. Um, and looking to kind of help promote the Native American community. Even though I'm not Native American, uh, I just feel a kindred spirit towards the, the people. Well, Nevin, I would like to thank you very much for coming on to City Pulse on the air. It's been very great talking to you. I would love for you to let our listeners know where they can check you out and how they can support you. Um, where can they find your artwork? Uh, right now, you can find it if you uh, go to Facebook, it's Art by Nevin. Uh, and if you go to Instagram, it's Art, I think it's hyphen by hyphen Nevin. Um, so both of those places have my artwork out there. I do commissions. You can contact me through either, any, either one of those websites or social media issues. Or you can find, I'm working on my website, but uh, nevingraphics.com is my website. So I can also be reached through there. So more than happy to take a commission. Thank you very much, Nevin. Thank you, Skylar. You have a good day. You're listening to City Pulse on the air on Impact 88.9 FM. I'm arts editor Skylar Ashley. Well, we're just about done for this afternoon. And as I mentioned earlier, it's now time to cap off the show with a track from an exciting Michigan band. I'll turn it over to music writer Rich Topeka. For City Pulse on the air, this has been Skylar Ashley. I hope you tune in next week for another brand new show. And here's Rich. All right, here we are. Today I'm playing a track from the DTs, a legendary 
1990s Lansing-based power pop rock and roll band. Uh, The song I'm going to play is called I Hate This Part. It's from their amazing record, Widow of an All-American. This was released back in 1996 on the Yikes Records imprint. Um, It's kind of hard to track down nowadays, but if you can find it, it's uh, amazing. Um, The song was written by the late, great Tom Taylor, who sadly recently passed away. So um, this uh, this song is in tribute to Tom and uh, his, you know, his amazing band. They, back in the 90s when... It was cool to play in new metal bands and grunge bands. They stuck to their roots, which is that big star meets the replacement style um, songwriting that uh, he just mastered so well in his own uh, unique way. So here it is. I Hate This Part by the DTs. Check it out. I hate this part. new 